Thank you very much, everyone, for coming through. Uh, my name is Alan Edwards. I'm the manager of Runcoco here at uh, OUCS. And we're already running out of time on that day, so I'm not going to say a huge amount. I'm going to give Mog and our second speaker, Chris Wilde, uh, as much of their time as I can, and we will eat a little bit into the lunchtime break. Uh, so first of all, please, um, I'm going to hand straight over to, to Mark to introduce himself and yes. tell us what he thinks. Thanks very much. And first of all, uh, thanks to Ali for, for inviting me up here uh, today. I've come up from Cardiff um, today and I work at the George Ewart Evans Centre for Storytelling, which is based uh, in the University of Glamorgan uh, in the uh, Creative and Cultural Industries Faculty in Cardiff. Um, as Ali said, my name is Mog. My real name is Chris Morgan. Um, this is a very Welsh values thing. I've got a brother called Mog, I've got a sister called Mog, and I also have got a great uncle who was called Mog as well, but Morgan was his first name. Um, I'm an outreach worker for this project, which is called Communities 2.0. It's a very specifically Welsh project, which is looking at engaging uh, people in Wales who are classed as being digitally excluded. So it's a social justice issue with um, uh, the thinking being very much around digital inclusion is a driver of other forms of exclusion, whether it's social exclusion or financial exclusion, with such things as benefits being online and money-saving opportunities online. So the, it's a partnership of five organisations, and we work across Wales, um, encouraging people to get online, basically. And there's, there's our blog address there which, if I remember to, and if we've got time, uh, we'll pull up. But, but basically, we're, we're keeping a log of everything that we do on this little, um, this little website that we've set up. Having said all of that, we, we get to do the really cool bit when it comes to digital inclusion, because we don't go around and do, this is how uh, Excel works, or this is how to use Microsoft Word, and this is how a mouse works, because we're involved in digital storytelling, specifically. We run lots of other workshops, things around animation, filmmaking, digital photography, social media, uh, blogging, uh, basically anything that, that people want to do. But I'm here today to talk specifically about digital storytelling. And this is a lovely definition that I think um, really kind of outlines what digital stories are. Short, personal, multimedia, that's right, with no L, Multimedia scraps of TV that people make for themselves. It's like digital scrapbooking. And people come in to workshops with us, people from the community, people from organizations. A lot of them never, you know, they've, they're really scared of computers. I don't know how mouse works. And we encourage them to tell these personal stories and then support these personal stories with their own pictures and photographs and put it together and make a DVD out of it. So from scratch, within two days, we'll go from maybe somebody uh, you know, I use it for Excel. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go to Excel in particular. It's just spreadsheets annoyed me on the train on the way here today, as they have a tendency to do. Um, but may, maybe you've done a bit of Excel. But what we're saying is, going through this process, people learn how to edit and record audio. People learn how to uh, take better digital photographs, how to edit those photographs how to put a film together, how this all fits together in a kind of filmmaking, kind of aesthetic uh, sense as well. Also, how to, how to author a DVD from scratch. Also, how to publish these films online. 
So this is all about participatory media. The days where, you know, if I wanted to make a film, I'd have to go and get a film crew, then I'd have to go and get an editor, then I'd need a studio, then I'd need a publisher, then I'd need a distributor. You know, this is all gone with the advent of, of, uh, of, of sharing, uh, video sharing sites, especially over the last five to ten years. And what's best of all about this is that when we do this, the people who leave, they leave with a disk of software that allows them to do the same things because all the software we use is free. I've basically all I'm going to do today is show you some stories and maybe talk a little bit and tell you the kind of stories around the stories um, because they're always fabulous workshops. This first one, um, I kind of spoiled it by, by kind of uh, getting the, the title of the workshop today and, and then apart from that he was completely naked. It comes from this story. It's just it was half past eight in the morning I was trying to think and this, this, that, that was all I could think of. So we go into a workshop up in Ebbervale and um, there's about eight or ten people and the, the guy who made this story wasn't very confident in using computers at all. And what happens is over the two days we start very much by trying to get people's buy-in by telling these stories to each other. It's digital storytelling, yeah, but the digital has got a really, really small D. It's more about storytelling, starting with the personal, making it relevant. So by the time the tech comes in, people are already, have already bought into it so much that the tech isn't really as uh, kind of scary as, as, as you might think. And a lot of the times, myself and my colleague, and Harrod, who can't be with us today, um, we, we don't see these stories in their entirety until the last part of the last day of the training. So you can imagine, we're in a room, we hadn't seen this story before from start to finish. Because one of the last things we do as well is to get everybody to sit down together in a group and we screen all of the stories. So everybody who's been sitting in a room together for two very intensive days, they don't know what everybody else's stories are. So you can imagine it's a very kind of emotional, it's funny, it's hilarious, there are often tears. Um, but here's an example of what a digital story is. And I think this is the two stories I'm going to show you, both from exactly the same workshop, but they kind of give you an idea of, of the kind of, if I was to say the extremes of what digital storytelling is, this is one extreme. This works. Hey, let's make that nice and big. Remember, the, the person who made this had complete control over editing and everything, so don't blame me for the title. Some clothes on. 
We drive around in the darkness for around 10 minutes or so, never finding the thief. But when we return, a neighbour's already called the police. I remember the young policewoman coming over to the car to ask my dad some questions as he wound down the window. Only then, for the first time, did I look across and notice that my father was still wearing the New York Yankees jacket, now riding up past his belly button. For the first time, I realised that he's otherwise completely naked. Oh my God, comes the involuntary cry of a traumatised 17-year-old. Thankfully, neither of them noticed. I'll never forget how impressively and eloquently my father conducted his interview with the policewoman, who at no point glanced downwards from a notepad to take in rather more than she was bargaining for. <laughs> this says a lot about my father to me. His impulsive nature, his bravery, his liberal attitude towards dressing, and the fact that he never fails to make me laugh or raise a smile in just about everyone he meets. So that's the format. So you're looking at about two minutes and about two minutes long, just that audio and those still pictures with some really gentle movement on it. That's the format. But what's in it can be really revealing, not only about the person, but also kind of, uh, you know, revealing about the family, revealing about this guy's, this guy's relationship with his father. That's what that story's all about. Even though how he managed to hold on to that punchline for such a long time, I, I still can't believe, because if it was me, I'd want to say it straight away. So, you know, in terms of delivering a story, I think it was absolutely spot on. But those photographs, those old photographs, so a lot of the time in the workshop, people are bringing in these old photographs, so we're spending time digitising old photographs. And once you digitise these photographs, and then you put them into this story, you're giving that photograph context. So a lot of old photographs that, that end up coming in, are the, there we are, there was a guy... We did some work with Matt Merthyr Alzheimer's Society and a guy came in with, with his daughter and his daughter wanted to make a story for her son about her father. And she brought in this big box of old black and white photographs and she was saying, there's nothing written on the back. I don't know who these people are. I don't know how they related to me. I don't know where they're from. And of course her father wasn't very well so you know, this was the kind of chance to, to capture these, these photographs. So in a lot of ways, it's like tagging, adding this metadata, but adding this context to, to these pictures as well, which can be really interesting. And touching up these old photographs, and it gives, it gives that sense of memory. And watching these stories back, it's always about time. And ev ev everyone, I'm sure, can relate to some of those pictures, where it's the one of him holding a dog. Well, it's one, just him and his father, kind of like this. You know, it, it does bring back this memory and these, these kind of... Um, this, this idea of time as well. The time isn't something that we experience linearly. When we think about memory and we think about reminiscence, time has a different flow. And within that story, although it's very funny and that punchline is right on the money, there's an element of it and this always happens within storytelling. That's why it's such a wonderful kind of medium, this, this digital storytelling, because it can give you an insight through what's not said, through the tone of voice. If you give people space, they will balance their story. That is wonderfully funny, but there's also this element of melancholy within here as well, because it's about reminiscence, and it's about something that has passed. 
my colleague in Harad said uh, we were in a workshop the other day, and she's a Welsh speaker. I'm, I'm not a Welsh speaker, and she, she described digital stories as being full of hideaith, for which there's no direct translation. But the best that she could give me was um, it's like a longing, but more than a longing, a deep need and a deep longing. This word hideaith, and she was she was saying that you know the, these digital stories are full of it. And I always describe it as being melancholy. So even in that story, which is fabulously happy, there is this element of sadness as well. These stories do have a wonderful tendency to, to, balance, um, to balance themselves out in terms of the emotional content. This idea as well, go, going back to this definition that people make for themselves, that's such a key to, to what digital storytelling is. These stories that, that you see here, the stories that are on our, on our uh, blog as well, and all of the stuff that we do, we're starting from the personal. And by the time, like I said, by the time we crack the computers open, people have already bought into it because they've, they've invested emotion into these stories. And the idea is that people make it for themselves. It used to be the case that um, people who did digital storytelling went around with nice Macs which is great, you know, we all have a Mac. But of course, within this project, you know, we're looking for sustainability, we're looking to hand these skills on within the community so that the community can make these films for themselves. Whether it's about local history, uh, whether it's about the kind of their local photography group, you can make these stories about anything you want, but you will always imbue it with the character of the storyteller. And in this way, we are not editing, they are editing, retaining ownership. And in that way as well, the, the, the guys who make the films, they license the films as well. So there are lots and lots of stories that we have that we can't show because the people who made the stories, they made it for their family. They made it for their, their wives or husbands or children. Here's another example. This is from exactly the same workshop. The, the film we just saw, we watched this about four films later. And this kind of really hammers home the emotional content that, that can be in these workshops, but also that balance as well, that juxtaposition, that counterpoint, and how images change their meaning and change uh, what they represent depending on what the story is underneath them. Um, so yeah, let's look at this. September 2007, the day she died. Those words 
just continuously repeats round and round and round in my mind. Doing her hair and makeup, playing the songs that she'd requested at her funeral, Lord of the Dance, <laughs> and Disco Inferno, Burn Baby Burn. Oh, what a comedian. She always had to have the last laugh. But those words again, I honoured them. Six months later, Mother's Day, I had this warm feeling in my stomach, standing up on top of the mountain, scattering carnations with the once scattered ashes. A pregnancy test, positive. I was eight weeks gone. 2nd of November 2008, my little Auburn angel was born. Two years on, how she has grown. My mind is filled with new memories every single day. But the memories of my mum and her gift to me, never forgotten. I think that really demonstrates the kind of other extreme of what, of what storytelling can bring out. And I, I call this presentation, you know, st uh, amazing stories of the everyday. And these are everyday stories that people have. And we all have these everyday stories that are absolutely amazing that people want to hear. Part of the way we built is to, is to understand stories from, from a very young age. We use stories a lot, and, and it's about the way that we understand society, we understand relationships, we understand family, we understand community. It's all wrapped up in this story in one way or another. And that story, as a kind of, to, to demonstrates that point again about that balance. Even though it's a really sad story about the death of your mother, there's also this great happiness at the end. And she, when, when, we felt, when we showed that film to the group, she said, she said to me afterwards, I'm really glad I've got this today and I've got this DVD to go home with. Because she made that film for her daughter, who will never know her grandmother. So in that way as well, you know, these stories can be, and the fact that they're digital as well, and laid down digitally, um, can be part of a heritage as well within our family situation. Also, also within that story as well, when I was talking about pictures and putting pictures into context, that picture of her mother, and we see three, we see three times that, that picture of her mother, and each time you see it, it has a different meaning. And that's what I mean about, about changing the meaning of a picture depending on the context, context of the narrative in which it's placed. So you see mother, you see friend, and you see passed away. And there's, there's those changes in tone and colour, which we talk about a lot in storytelling. This, uh, this is the last story I'm going to show, because um, these, these are kind of extremes of storytelling. We haven't, we haven't got a lot of time. Um, this guy comes in to a workshop, and uh, he's from a building background. And he's a big guy, you know? And, uh, and I'm kind of banging on about, you know, to, to, to use one's own voice is so important in order for, for the story to come across as being genuine, to use the emotion, to use colour, to use that tone, that turn of phrase, you know, is so, so important. Use your own voice. Don't let the details and the facts get in the way of a good story. Relate it back to the actual emotional experience. How did things smell? What colour were things? You know, he's great evokers of memory. Um, and this guy was kind of staring at me, you know. I guess I'm like, right, okay. You know, you, you never know what's coming. You never know what's coming. And then on the second day, he spent a lot of time 
um, editing the, and, and digitizing these old photographs that he brought in. And he eventually produced this story. I'll just pull up the link, um, which, you know, it does blow you away. Right at the beginning here, Right. This green here, when, when, when we go through the how to put a video together bit, I always say, you can have any color background you want as long as it's black. But this guy, if he wanted a green screen, you know, which isn't particularly TV safe, is going to make your TV buzz, then I wasn't going to argue with him. And uh, I, I remember reading when I first got involved with digital storytelling, six, six or seven years ago, I think. Um, avoid using twee poetry, which is quite a good kind of uh, standard point to make, I think. But then allow people to do it in their own way. And this story has got a real lovely sense of, of melancholy and, as I was saying, hiriaith. Where are the good things going? When the summer holidays seem six months long, the sand so hot to be bum your feet and you didn't break a bank just to buy a sweet. It cost two bob and not two pound for a cone to cool your mouth down. When cola cubes seem two inches square and you go around for sucking your own hair. When dad said he's going to the doctor and goes to the pub, with your mum on the beach with the wings and the dub. Although we were plenty, we didn't despair. We all knew that Nelly would get us there. A good bit of corned beef or sandwich spread. That's what we had between our bread. So we had half the good times gone. When we were out for hours on our own, one never saw us from dawn till dusk. To give her a break was a must. She needed the time to clean and dust. So we had half the good times gone. Some may not be here, but they're not forgotten. So on our second day, this guy sat, not really being comfortable or familiar with computers, and he sits there editing these photos. And he spends like all day doing it. And he comes up with these kind of saturated photographs that are full of memory and full of emotion. He writes his script. And when he says leaving mum on the beach with the winds and the dug, he'd written dug as being D-U-G, to remember to use his own voice. But this is a classic example because this, this is just, you know, let's do a story. We spend half a day talking about storytelling, get people to write the script. What's I write about? I know, I know, I'll do something about when I was younger. The number of stories we've got about dogs is amazing because people, and I don't want to talk about myself, right? So I'll talk about going down the beach. I'll talk about my dog. And then we'll watch the stories back at the end and you can't help but reveal yourself in one way or another because of our natural tendency, not only in the way we tell stories, but also in the way we hear them as well. So that story is all about his, his mother, who's no longer with us, even though he doesn't say it. Uh, and just to kind of wrap up, really, our work has to be about digital inclusion. That's where we head in. That's what we want people uh, to get out of it. And it has to be about sustainability. We're in year three of a potentially six-year project in Wales. Um, so after that time, we want people to carry on doing this. We, you know, we want this to be sustainable. We want those, those skills to be left in the community. 
And in order to make it sustainable, you have to make it relevant. And to make it relevant, it's all about making it personal. And if it's a personal story where people are already going to give you that emotional buy-in, then I think you're halfway there. And then personal becomes digital. People start publishing their own stuff. People are then, how do I set up a site where I can publish my, my stories? Or how do I do this? How do I do that? All of a sudden, people are engaged. And once you take that first step, it becomes a lot easier to, to engage them further and support them further. So I think that's it for me. Thank you very much.